So before I get into the gospel lesson for this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about the gospel according to John, the 15th chapter, where Jesus talks to us about relationship with him and with God the Father. It ties in nicely with our gospel lesson, and I hope that uh, between the two of them, we'll walk away from here this morning with an understanding that relationship is the important thing when it comes to Jesus and our everyday existence in this life. The message title for today is incorrect in the bulletin. That's my fault. I forgot to change it. Uh, this message is called I Am the Vine. It comes from John 15, verses 1 to 11. Let me read those to start. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withered. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, this is a, a passage of Scripture that deals with relationship. God the Father is the vine grower. Jesus is the vine. And we are the branches. Now, first, let me give you a little disclaimer here. Clearly, God does not need us for anything. He existed in eternity past without us, and he can exist forever into the future without need of any help from us. And that being said, what's really important here is that he invites us into relationship where we are where we through Christ are the bearers of the fruit we're integral to that relationship it's not the vine grower nor is it the vine from which the fruit is produced fruit is produced in the branches now of course the vine and the vine grower are necessary but the branches we or where the fruit is produced. Now there's a troubling verse 
I don't know if you caught it. There's a troubling verse, the second verse, where it says he, meaning God the Father, removes every branch. Who are the branches? That's us. And not just every branch, but every branch in me. In other words, every branch who is in Jesus. That means believers, okay? Every branch that bears no fruit. So let's put that together. God the Father removes every branch, us, who are in Jesus, believers, that bear no fruit. So us clearly is those who are in Jesus, who are believers, and that says... On first reading, God removes believers who don't bear fruit. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. That's a little bit intimidating. That's a little bit scary. Is this saying that as a believer, if I don't bear fruit, then I can be removed from Christ? I can be chopped off. I can be thrown into the fire with those that don't abide in Christ at all. Just like it says in verse 6, whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Is this saying to me as a believer that I can lose my salvation for not bearing fruit? And if so, what does that mean about everything I've ever heard about this being about faith, relationship, and not works. That's troubling to me. And if you're reading it, you, it should be, if you're hearing me, it should be troubling to you upon first examination. If that's true, it's, it's troubling to the point that we should probably want to look a little bit deeper. And so I did. And let me tell you, I'm relieved that I did. Because the thought of my being a believer, being abiding in Jesus, and, and just not being much of a fruit bearer, that that would jeopardize my relationship with Christ is troubling to me. But if I look at the original Greek, I see that that word for remove, as in removing the branches and throwing them into the fire, right? That remove. That word in Greek is aero. Aero. It, it means, in fact, remove, but it has another meaning. It all depends on context. It also means to raise up, to lift up, to carry, to bear or bear up. What is that about in the context of vineyards? Because that's what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about vine growers and vines and branches of the, of the vine. We're talking about vineyards in which grapes are grown. And so what I found out was that in ancient times, unlike modern vineyards where they're grown on a trellis, where they, the grapevines are suspended, they didn't do that back then. They just let them grow along the ground the way that they were created to grow. And if the grapes and the branches sat in water, they developed uh, rot, a fungus. 
and it prevented the vines from producing fruit. And if it did have fruit on it and it managed to, to sit in water for a time, the grapes, the fruit, would go bad. And so the vine grower would come along and he would lift the branches in these trouble spots by putting a large rock under the vine, holding it up so that it would, that it would, that it would thrive. It wouldn't rot. It wouldn't go bad. It would, in fact, produce. And that's a better image than being cast into the fire for not producing, right? God the Father, not pouring out wrath on the believer who is struggling to bear fruit, not chopping us off the vine, but rather lifting us up in Christ so that we can thrive. Now, I'm better able to understand that passage and I'm better able to reconcile it with this whole process of, of being saved by faith, justified by faith. And even more than that, being allowed to grow in Christ, to be sanctified through the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what we were taught, isn't it? Saved by faith. And then through by abiding in that faith, abiding in Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us, we grow on this sanctifying journey to be more like Christ. That's much better than being chopped off because we're not bearing fruit, isn't it? Much more comforting. So one last thing regarding the end of the, this passage. In verse 11, it says, I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be complete. See, Jesus is saying these words as he's preparing to be arrested and tried and convicted and scourged and humiliated and hung from a cross. To, to what possible joy could he be referred? And the answer is, once again, a little bit of research goes a long way in understanding what God is trying to tell us in this passage. See, Jesus is not focused on those things. He's not focusing on being arrested, tried, convicted, scourged, humiliated, and hung from a cross. No, he's looking past those things. He's focused on the good that those things will produce. He's focusing on the fruit that's coming. He's focusing on the resurrection. The relationship we have with the vine grower the relationship we have with the true vine as branches enables us not only to bear fruit, but to have a share in the joy that Jesus says is coming. We have a share in the resurrection of Christ because we are of the same substance as the vine. Isn't that true of branches? How do you know where the vine stops and the branch begins? If you look at an actual grapevine, it's very difficult to determine the exact point where the vine stops and the branch begins. And it's because we're of the same substance as the vine. Not the same, but not separate either. Not one, but also not two. Like a wave in the ocean, not, not one, but not separate from the ocean either. Or like the dancer and the dance. It's not 
one, but it's not two either. It's a mystery. I know this joy that we share in Christ, but the point is we are of the same substance as the vine, as the Christ, who is of the same substance as the vine grower, as the creator. And so we have this relationship through Christ to God the Father. And it's difficult if we practice our faith correctly to determine where the creator ends and we begin. That should be a comforting thought as we go into the scripture, the gospel lesson for today, which comes to us from Matthew 20. Here we're talking about workers in the vineyard. Laborers in the vineyard. Jesus said, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. And he said to him, you also go into my vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call all the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But the landowner replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. You did not, did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. We could spend all morning gleaning things from that passage of Scripture. But since we don't have time to do that, I want to emphasize just one point here in this time that we have together. See, as branches of the true vine, Jesus, the fruit that we bear is directly related to the souls that we reach for Christ. The disciples we bring into the fold, the workers we welcome into the harvest fields. 
Those of us who have been laborers in the vineyard for all of this time, if we're not careful, we can have a tendency to look on those who come into the field later rather than sooner as somehow less than, as not as worthy, as not as spiritual, as not as holy as we who have been here the whole time. And I'm here to tell you that that is not, that thinking, although it's a natural tendency, I mean, if, if nothing, human beings tend to be all about equity. We want at least as much as the next person. This is how we're built in this human condition we're in. But we have to adjust our thinking. Your time, my time in service to the Lord does not make us any better than someone who's a newcomer to the faith. What it does do is makes us more responsible for the nourishing of the newcomers. It makes us more responsible for leading the newcomers, for loving the newcomers in the same way that Christ loves them. The same way that he loved you when you were new to the faith. Because in the kingdom of God, it's not about anybody's timing except for God's perfect timing. And so, sometimes the last to arrive are the first to be served. This is the kingdom of heaven that we're talking about. Where it's not about what you've done or what you haven't done. It's about the relationship that you have with the vine. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. So it is in the kingdom of heaven. So let it be here. So let it be now on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.